This series of Friday's Child is brought to you in association with The Healthy Home. I don't know about you, but my desire to nest and organise my home has only increased since becoming a parent. I am obsessed with making sure my home is clean and hygienic for my little one, but there are certain germs and nasties that simply cannot be seen by the naked eye. Well, this is where the wonderful team at The Healthy Home come in. The Healthy Home is the leading company in the Middle East specialised in advanced, eco-friendly sanitisation technologies, home services and products. Their renowned team have been the expert leaders in the home services industry since 2013, so they really know what they're doing. As we head towards the end of the year, now is the perfect time to get the Healthy Home team in to make sure your home is free of impurities that cannot be removed by regular cleaning methods. And if not managed properly, germs, bacteria and viruses can be spread across your home through your AC. Poor indoor air quality can trigger allergies, asthma, eczema, morning fatigue, itchy eyes and even bed bugs. So protect your family and have peace of mind that your home is not only clean, but safe. Even this time of year, living in the Middle East involves constantly blasting your AC. And if you're anything like me, you have a husband who loves to have the temperature on 19, regardless of the season. I recently had the Healthy Home team pay us a visit to clean all our AC units and ducts, which is something I've been meaning to do for years. Did you know that AC systems can provide the perfect breeding environment for a number of contaminants such as dust, mold and bacteria? These spread around your indoor space, contributing to common health allergy, respiratory and fatigue issues. Well, I am so happy to report that our AC units are now sparkling clean. And I know this as the team kindly took some awesome before and after photos to show me the huge difference. In addition to their wonderful pure air treatment, the Healthy Home provide dry and chemical-free mattress and furniture deep cleaning along with sanitization to help you breathe better, sleep better and improve your overall energy levels whilst keeping your indoor air environment clean. Now how good does that sound? All the Healthy Home treatments are chemical-free and eco-friendly so they're 100% safe for infants and children. If you'd like to find out more about The Healthy Home Services, just visit their website www.thehealthyhome.me or check out their Instagram page, both of which are linked in the show notes of this episode. Welcome to Friday's Child, the podcast on a mission to educate, empower and support you on your parenting journey. I'm your host, Peter, a British expat who's been living in Dubai for 10 years and first-time mama to my gorgeous little girl, Mavia. Each episode, I'll be speaking with a different incredible guest from childbirth educators, parenting coaches, infant sleep specialists, weaning experts, entrepreneurs and more, and we'll be discussing all areas of parenting and beyond. And I can assure you, no topic is off-limit. So, let's get into it. So before I introduce today's guest, I just wanted to say a big heartfelt apology to my lovely listeners for not releasing an episode last Sunday. I try really hard to release one episode a week, but until I find myself a fancy producer who can help me with all of this, which trust me I'm working on, I do everything myself with the podcast, which I honestly love. It's my creative outlet and it brings me so much joy. But last week was just one of those weeks where to be perfectly honest I was totally overwhelmed and I just ran out of time so apologies again and thank you for bearing with me. 
But I'm back this week with another fabulous guest. Now, this is a conversation I recorded last month and I absolutely fell in love with this woman. Nikki Steele Osborne is a Scottish life coach based here in Dubai and also mum to her gorgeous little boy, Archie. Nikki has an incredible online course called Stepping Into Parenthood, which we talk about during our chat. And Nikki also bravely opens up and speaks so beautifully about her own struggles with postnatal depression, overwhelm, and her own transition into parenthood. So without further ado, here's the wonderful Nikki Steele Osborne. Nikki, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to get into this conversation with you. There's lots of things I want to chat to you about. Um, But let's start with your own motherhood journey. So talk to us a little bit about your pregnancy, um, how you, you know, became a mom and your sort of journey of motherhood so far. Okay. You really want to know how I became a mom? (laughs) Are we allowed to talk about that? Well, I know, I know the general mechanics of it. (laughs) Sorry, I'm not starting this very well, am I? (laughs) Um, Okay, thank you so much for having me today. It's lovely to chat to you. Um, So I was maternal from around the age of 16, I think. I always wanted to be a mum. And life had different plans for me. And they say everything works the way it's supposed to, and I do believe that. So I was pregnant when I was 40. I waited a long time for my boy. Um, I had a good pregnancy. I was fortunate. I was healthy. Um, Towards the end, I did have gestational diabetes. Mm. I believe I may have brought it on myself because I would eat Mr. Kipling French fancies at four in the morning when I was pregnant. (laughs) So I do wonder. (laughs) I also had a really bad um, sugary habit while I was pregnant, which I still have, but I tried to give it up when I was pregnant and I just couldn't, which was Pepsi and Coca-Cola. Yeah, I was was convinced I was going to have gestational diabetes because I was like, I have a can of Coke every day. (laughs) (laughs) It's, yeah, I have always got a sweet tooth. So... But that was at the end of the pregnancy, as was the the heartburn. No one tells you about the heartburn. Um, And I actually forgot about it until recently. I was talking to someone and I said, yes, I had heartburn at the end. So I delivered him in Scotland. At the time, we were living in Tivat, Montenegro. But I went home so that I could have my mum and, you know, some support. And I had to be induced because of the gestational diabetes and because of my age, I think they were just being cautious. Um, I was induced and when I went into labour, I had my London grammar music playing, I was sat on a big yoga ball, I was sniffing this lavender lotion that I loved and I was saying to Kevin, to my husband, I've totally got this, babe. I've actually got this. I didn't have it. (laughs) And I ended up having to get a a cesarean section the next morning. But everything was, you know, everyone was healthy and there was no trauma. You know, it it went 
smoothly. There was nothing major happened. So that was good. Um, and yeah, so that was in August 2017 that Archie was born. And then postnatal depression thought, ha, I think I'll come and pay you a visit. So that's a different story. Had you been... Have you been sort of like warned by any support or doctors that look, there are these things called the baby blues and there's postnatal depression. These are some of the things you can look out for. Or did it just sort of like hit you and you were like, what the hell is this? No, I was completely aware. I think being older and, you know, most of my friends and family, they've had their children. And I guess I just had no expectation of it because it was something that I wanted so badly. You know, I was in a great position. I was able to be a stay-at-home mum, which is what I wanted. Um, We lived in a beautiful place. I have great family, great friends. So everything on the list was ticked that I just didn't consider it. But it happened very quickly. It happened very quickly. When I was in the hospital, I remember Archie crying and I I couldn't get him to settle. And there were five other mums and their newborns. And the anxiety of keeping these other mums and babies awake just enveloped me. I got myself in a real state. Mm. Um, And yeah, we, we kept... You know, the health visitor would come out when I was back. I stayed in Scotland for a while, maybe four weeks before going back to Montenegro. And I think we just excused it as baby blues. Um, And given the circumstances, my husband had to go back for work. I wasn't in my own home. Mm. I was in a rented flat. Also traveling with a newborn. Um, yeah, these elements I think were what we used to justify the you know the not sleeping when you have a new baby. There were lots of things that even then it was like no no this is probably compounded. Mm. You know it would be okay. Um, and it came and went for eighteen months. And at what point mm-hmm. did you? Because I I remember that that sort of third or fourth day when your milk comes in and I went from being on this massive high to you know I've had my baby and she's here to like plummeting lows of Mm -hmm. what am I going to do when she wakes up I'm going to have to feed her it's really painful I'm going to have to change her oh my god we had a few nights where she literally screamed all night we didn't know what to do and I felt yeah, I, I thought, right, well, I know that there, there is this baby blues thing. This, I've got lots of hormones. And it sort of leveled out after a few days. When did you know this is sticking around? Like, I don't feel okay. Other than the normal, you know, because you do have those nights and you cry and, you know, sort of like the, the to be expected challenges. Yeah. But when did you think, hang on a minute, this is, I still don't feel quite right. You know, this is more than just... I'm I'm struggling with sleep and all the things that you know come with a newborn. Yeah, I think um, you know. So because often when they talk about postnatal depression, it's they reference that 
you don't feel connected to your baby. And so for me, I felt like it was the opposite. I felt like I was so in love with this child. But what was going on that I didn't realize then, and it's only now through hindsight and the learnings in the last few years that I understand that what was happening were my own issues, my own um, maybe negative self-talk was making me believe that I wasn't good enough to be his mum, that I wasn't giving him what he needed. So when he cried, I cried. It was almost like this synchronised emotion. that, And I, I believed I, that I was supposed to be able to fix this. Mm. And of course, you don't fix it because babies cry. <laughs> that is their communication. But I couldn't see the wood for the trees. I yeah. was so in that space. And the things that I should have been doing for myself to help alleviate that I wasn't um and I do remember it wasn't consistent it wasn't 18 months of doom and gloom I had amazing days and times and so this is what I felt was the hard part because I thought I had it I thought it was done and that we had got past it and then it was the dark cloud again you know and if anyone has suffered from anxiety, depression, you, you know what I'm talking about. It's a feeling that mm. comes over you. So this would go and come back. It would ebb and flow. Eventually, after around 18 months, um, I remember really my poor husband got it in the neck. <laughs> and I said, do you think I need help? And he kept saying, no, it's getting better. You're doing great. And I just knew that it was just taking over my life. And I remember shouting at him, you know, I need help. This has to stop. I can't do this anymore. And that was the, the point where we said, okay, let's look at how to fix this. And once I started on that journey, it all changed. And what did that journey look like for you? So for me, I had a friend who recommended a counsellor who was in the UK who would do Zoom consults. So that was my first port of call. I spoke to her and I only ever spoke to her once. And she blew my mind because whilst we were on the call, I felt that everything I was saying was gobbledygook. Nothing made sense to me. It was like my brain was all tangled up. And she said to me, Nikki, you keep putting your hand on your head when you're talking to me. Can you tell me what that is? And I was oblivious. I didn't realize I was doing it. But I remember saying, yes, because I feel like my head is going to explode. You know, so the next day she sent me an email and it was just like she had unraveled these thoughts and she put it into bullet points as to things that she detected from our conversation. So then I thought, I'm not broken. Okay, I'm not broken. This can be looked at. I then went to a two-day retreat, a friend of mine who was a life coach, 
Um, now, for transparency, I'm going to tell you that I used to think that life coaching was a bunch of BS. I, I have um, to also just, sorry to cut you off, Nikki, but yeah. I have done a coaching course. I've had a lot of coaching and I also was a little bit like, mm, there's a lot of cowboys out there, but I, the power of it is incredible. So I, yeah. I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah. 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 Like I'm a realist and I was very much, you know, put on your big girl pants, get on with it. You know, this is life. And the friend who was hosting the two-day retreat, I said to her, don't try and make me zen. And she <laughs> said, I wouldn't dream of trying to make you zen, Nikki. And I had two days and the hotel where it was being held was just round the bay. It was like a 15 minute drive. So that gave me that confidence that if I had to get home to Archie, it was close. So mm. it all clicked and it made sense. Um, I came away from the two days and it was like something shifted. And I couldn't explain exactly. There were no big breakthroughs. There was nothing monumental that I could identify. And a few days later, I was walking around the bay the same way I always went. Archie was sleeping in his foggy. And I stopped and sat on a bench. And I was just looking at the water. And I just had this feeling of everything's okay. Just breathe. And I messaged my friend who was the coach and I said, thank you, because you've reminded me to breathe. That was how I guess I can verbalize those 18 months. Mm. Sorry again. Just take a moment. Ooh. I just forgot to breathe. Mm. Um, this is very, um, I can really resonate to this and I've got tears in my eyes because I, I'm going through a phase at the moment where I am so overwhelmed. <laughs> I'm definitely That's not funny. breathing. My head hurts. I did a story last night because I decided to look at my phone and you should never look at your phone in the middle of the night. But I thought I'd just do a little story because I like to keep it real and I just said, you know, I'm awake and I am thinking of a million things and it's three in the morning and I'm so tired, but my head from the minute I open my eyes to the minute I go to sleep, it's like, and it's, and it just feels all too much and you can't see the wood for the trees and you just think, how am I going to do all of this? Yeah. How, and, and on top of yeah. that, you've got the worry of like, is she getting what she needs? Is she eating the right food? You know, is he happy? Am I doing that? What can I be doing? Do they need yeah. vaccine? Like there's just so much and it can just yeah. feel, yeah, overwhelming is the word, yeah. isn't it? It's just overwhelming. Yeah. yeah, that's the word that I use um, all the time with coaching and is overwhelm. I think even when you enter, you know, I have a coach still, um, and I remember the coach that I have now, the first meeting we had, she gave me some stuff to work on and I came back and went, too much, too much. I'm already overwhelmed and now you're asking me to yeah. do these things. It's too much. So I am very aware of that because that was my 
existence for a while. So when I'm coaching, I tend to go in very, very simply because I think that's what you need. You have to start somewhere and keep it simple to build and to move through the overwhelm. Because if you try and do too many things, it's not going to be sustainable. You're not going to implement these things to your daily life. So it has to be simple. Yeah. And sometimes when you hear it, when someone says, I would like you to try this, you think, why did I not think of that? This is insane. It is so simple, but we have a tendency to overcomplicate. Yeah. You know, and and I, I think social media doesn't help with that because that throws other elements where we are so aware, it's so in front of us, what other parents are doing. And very few post the, the photographs of them, you know, in tears and not dealing with it. The photographs are obviously the happy ones. We yeah. all do it. But that doesn't help you when you're stuck in a hole, you know, and you're feeling that overwhelm. So there are lots of little tools and tips that can help work you through. And when I started coming out the other side, I thought, you know, people don't have to go through this. If I can help one mum not have to go through that part, that's what I'm going to do now. So I was a hairdresser and I, I've not went back to hairdressing. I've completely put myself into this because it's really important. You know, it's awareness that I think should be there and not only from a medical standpoint. And you know, so from your experience, that was when you went, okay, this is now a calling. This is what this is what I want to do to help other women and and Absolutely. and and men who men, yeah. might be feeling how I felt because maybe if there were some other things in place or if I knew what I know now, maybe things could have been a little bit different. Absolutely. The viewpoint is for the families. You know, there are siblings sometimes there, and obviously these energies that you have at a time when you're not in a happy place, when you're not in a good place, it affects the whole household. So my approach is practical and it involves everyone. The online guide is for everyone to do. It's not just for birth mums, you know, it's for stepmoms, it's for adopting, you know, adoptees, it's for the brothers, the sisters, whoever is in that household, because it impacts everybody. And so tell us a little bit about your course. So it's called Stepping Into Parenthood and it's it's an online course, isn't it? Yes, I did an online guide because, and it's funny, when I started studying as a coach, it was with a view to one-to-one talking things through. But I remember I did not reach out in those first 18 months. I didn't acknowledge, I didn't want to say it out loud to someone because it would make it real. So the online guide to me was an avenue that people could do on their own, you know, and hopefully that would help get them on that path. It's a personalized guide and it's designed to identify what your human needs are. We we all have six human needs. Um, so for example, my driving need is certainty and that is no surprise to me when i discovered this 
it was evident because I am very much a routine person. Um, I, you know, everything has a system in place. So to discover certainty, I thought, yeah, that makes sense. So that's the first part of it is to identify because we're all different. And that's what I love about it because it, it becomes your personal tool. You work through 10 steps that cover different elements. So budgets, planning and scheduling time, body image, meal plans, reminding yourself of the things that bring you joy. Um, so there's, it, it's almost like a vast touching on each subject. It was, you know, I, I called it stepping into parenthood because I wanted everything to be authentic where it came from and that's where it originated. But I do have friends who have done the online course who don't have children and they've still taken value from it. They've mm. still went, oh my God, why was I not thinking about this? So it's been really interesting since its launch to have different people do it and get their feedback. The worksheets are there so you can create it. If you could see my fridge just now, you would see my worksheets. I do it. You know, my husband and I sit and write our budgets. We write our meal plan every week. And some of that sounds so throwaway, so simple. But when it removes that daily having to use your brain and go, what are we going to have for dinner? Yeah. It's such a stress for people. And it's like, okay, so what are your options? Do, do we stop having dinner? You know, will we just remove that and then we won't stress about it? Or will we put in 10 minutes at the weekend, blast through it, and it just means that every day I look on the fridge and I go, okay, that's what I need for tonight. Easy. It just takes that little bit. And that's what it is. It's all tiny shifts. Because all these little things add up, don't they? Absolutely. So you think, Absolutely. oh, well, it's just, I mean, me and my husband have this this conversation on a daily basis. What should we eat tonight, babe? Oh, I don't know. Oh, let's order something. Oh. And it's there a, you go. It's it's a constant. And because I hate cooking, <clears throat> I'm useless in the kitchen. He's great, but doesn't have yeah. the time. So we just end up ordering. And it's, yeah, like that is annoying. And yeah. why don't we sit down and go, let's do a meal plan. Let's look at the money we're spending on all this takeaway food. And yeah. let's do, let's invest in a proper meal plan if we don't have the time to cook and that's not something that we, you know, we enjoy yeah. or, or can do. So yeah, these little things can really, really start to grate on you. And you might not even realize that it's happening. No, no. Until you explode. So <laughs> yeah, it's, and I, you know, I'll often make, I mean, cause I'm a bit like you, I don't love cooking. It's not my forte. So I will make soups and I'll put it into portions and bang it in the freezer. So, you know, one night a week we have soup, you know, we, so we keep it simple. There's nothing yeah. fancy in there, but it does take away that little bit of overwhelm from that part of your life. Um, yeah. You and know, don't underestimate these... those little things because they no. really can make a difference. They can. Yeah. yeah. Taking a shower. I love this one because, you know, I put it in there to take a, take a shower as and when, you know, especially when you're a new mum. You know, if, if you've no one there to care for the baby, you know, bring the wee one in with you in their carrier and jump in the shower for five minutes. Because 
it just wakens your senses again, you know, the smells from your, get yourself nice shampoos, soaps, whatever. But it's almost like a cheap and easy blast that gives you a boost. You know, so the course has lots of little things like that. Very, very simple things. But it is so interesting when you start implementing them. The one thing that I do refer to, and I think I talk about it twice in the guide, is the morning routine. And that has been my game changer. Mm. So all you need is 15 minutes. And what I recommend you do and what has worked for me, and I now have comparison. I've been doing it for a couple of years. So when I get up in the morning now, I do a seven minute low impact workout. When you implement that and you keep doing it, the difference in your clarity, your mood, as you start your day has this massive effect because it stops the, you know, when you get up in the morning and you're grouchy and, and then the wee one's kicking off and you have no patience for it and you can spiral, your day can go like that. But when you come in from this other angle, you've got a bit of tolerance, your patience is better. So the wee ones don't bounce off your energy. And through the summer, when the school was off, you know, Kevin and Archie were at home and I got out of my routine a little. I wasn't doing my workout every morning. And I now see the difference in yeah. my own mood when I do it and when I don't do it. So I do it five days a week, jump in the shower and we're, do, we're good, we're ready to go. And again, it just sounds a bit, oh yeah, whatever. It doesn't though, because these these little changes and tweaks, I know when I'm getting to my capacity, when I don't have the tolerance for my little one, you know, when I'm, yeah. I find myself getting impatient and frustrated and I hate that. And then I go, oh, that's because I've done nothing for myself in two weeks. Yeah. I haven't yeah. taken that time. I haven't gone and got my nails done. I haven't gone and just taken myself off for a coffee for an hour I haven't you know I haven't had a really nice long shower I've just been like jumping in and out I haven't you know I haven't done these self-care things that I need to feel like me and to feel like I'm filling my cup up and it happens every couple of weeks I'm like oh, okay, I've dropped the ball again because I just feel like my head's gonna explode okay reset let's book in some time and it's but you have to be conscious of it you have to put those things in place because it doesn't just and that's it it's awareness it's awareness of what's going on you know if you can identify if you understand okay I need to look after myself a bit here that's amazing because I think a lot of people don't they don't even realize what's going on so it continues I think the only reason I have been able to a little bit is because I've had some coaching. I've been exposed to some coaching and it's really, it changes the way you think and the way you see things and it helps you understand yourself a bit better. And my goodness, I need more because it never ends, but it's enabled me to go, hang on a minute. Let's, let's look at this. What can we do? You know, whereas prior to that, I would just be a hot mess. 
you know, hundred percent of the time. Now it's like 80% of the time. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I am still have my days. And I think that's the thing. There's not an end date. This is what I've come to realize. I, I feel like we sometimes all live like we're trying to reach a destination, like the laundry. Once I get this laundry done, well, no, there's going to be more, right? So every way that we look at things in life, so whether it's coaching, you know, for me, this journey doesn't end now. I will never know everything I want to know about coaching or about my own self-development. It's just a continuation, which is an amazing road to be on because the depression road is rubbish. Mm. I've done it. I've tried it. <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah. Um, and I do. I feel so much stronger mentally, you know, that even when I do have my bad days, because everyone does, and if you have a coach who's telling you, just be positive, sack them, get a new one. Yeah. Because that's not true. You know, we have emotions. You should experience different emotions. You know, we're not supposed to be happy all the time. No. We're supposed to go up and down. But when you understand it and you can catch it, so if I had a bad day a few years ago, that could put me into a spiral that would maybe last for a week before I could get out of it. Now I go, okay, I'm having a shit day. I'm going to allow it. I'm going to roll with it. But tomorrow morning I'll get up and do my seven-minute workout and I'll crack on again. And it's almost like that awareness and the understanding of the tools that are in place, you know, you can help yourself. And just being a bit kinder to yourself, literally just this week. Oh, yeah. I, um, what are we today? Tuesday. So on Sunday night, um, you know, little one was up in our bed. I'm then not sleeping. And it was like three in the morning and me and my husband are like, do we make a bottle? Do we not make a bottle? Because like she shouldn't be having milk in the middle of the night. It's not good for her gums. Okay, let's make the bottle. I'm so tired. And then she goes to sleep and I just sat there and just the tears are just streaming. Yeah. And I was like, okay, just cry. It's okay. And then the next yeah. morning I woke up and I thought, I'm going to be really kind to myself today because yeah. I understand why I'm feeling like this. Yeah. And let's just be a bit kind. What what can we do this morning to make yourself you know, feel a bit better. So before I went to the office, I went and got myself a nice coffee from our coffee shop above the office. And I just thought, let's just ease into today. Let's just, and that's only because I've had a bit of coaching. Previous to that, that would have spiraled into me having the worst day ever. Last Mm. night was rubbish. I'm a crap mom. She was sleeping well. Now she's not. What's going on? And instead I thought, just hang on a minute. This is normal. It's okay that you're crying. You're tired. You're overwhelmed. It's fine. Of course you are. You're trying to do a million things. So once you've got that awareness, it becomes a little bit easier to kind of tweak things. And and, and don't get me wrong. It isn't like that all the time. Some days I do. I do let it get the better of me. Um, But like you said, it's important to then go, well, tomorrow will be different. I'm not going to take this over to another day. Okay, today's a write-off, but tomorrow we're going to start afresh. Um, yeah, we're going to have ice cream today and then tomorrow morning we're back on it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and we do tend to write the week off, don't we? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, another thing that I find that shifts when you start looking at these things, another good way of helping yourself, and it's not even a hugely conscious thing, 
But when you're aware of the stimulus around you, so anyone who knows me will know that the music I used to listen to, I used to listen to Damien Rice. Quite dark, depressing mm. stuff. I used to read books that were about, you know, somebody being murdered or some other dark stuff. Um, you know, I would watch movies that, and now that has all changed. And I think that it actually has a huge impact because in the mornings when I'm doing my stuff, I'll play music, but the music will be uplifting. If I'm not playing that music, I'm listening to podcasts. And sometimes they're because they're interesting and they make my brain work. Sometimes it's just because they're really funny. Yeah. Um, oh I don't my know God, how, um, yeah. It's so Have funny. you ever listened you... to Shag Married Annoyed? Yes, it's brilliant. And the other one I love is Parenting Hell. It was called Lockdown Parenting Hell, and now it's called okay. Parenting Hell um, with yeah. Rob and Josh Widdicombe, and it is hilarious. You know, I spat toothpaste the other day listening to one of these because I had the speaker up with me while I was in getting my shower and, and I was brushing my teeth, and because I laughed at the same time, I kind of toothpaste everywhere. But those things, you don't always pay much attention to them you don't analyze the effect it's going to have on you but it does have an effect it's so interesting you say that because I used to be really into my crime documentaries and Mm. I would watch them to relax like I go to sleep watching them and since I had my baby I I go to put one on and then I'm like no I'm not in the mood for that I don't want to watch something about you know, someone killing their wife or for doing, um, you know, and I think it's interesting because like you, I will always have a podcast on the go or, or if I just want to switch off, I'll watch something light and a bit trashy and a bit fun, you know, like some reality TV. I'm not, I'm not drawn towards that darker stuff that I used to be. And it wasn't, you know, I wasn't getting pleasure from it. I just used to find it really interesting, the forensics. And I was really interested, but now I'm like, no, I don't want to watch that. I don't, I don't want yeah. that in my mind and I don't want yeah. that energy. No. It's, I've started reading a book by Matt Haig called The Comfort Book. And it's lots of short little quips. And it's fantastic because you can pick it up and put it down. And I'm not someone who likes reading online. I don't have Kindle or mm. I like a real book. Um but yes, these things can just help keep your mood more elevated than going down the, the dark road, you know. And Nikki, we, we've touched on overwhelm, but I wanted to ask you, for anyone that might be listening who is feeling like I am this week, um, what are your sort of like go-to tools and tips for a parent that comes to you, or not even a parent, just anyone who was like, listen... I know this is just our first session, but I am so overwhelmed at the moment. I always go down the route of simplifying and pulling it back. So I will often ask people, because I think most of us are guilty of lifting our phone as soon as we get up or before we go to bed. And that's one of the first things that I I like to say, try and come away from the phone and the other distractions, just try and be with yourself, even if it's for 30 minutes in the morning. Raise your awareness of the things around you. So for me in the morning, 
I take the dog for a walk. Now that the weather has cooled mm. down a bit in Dubai, I take the dog out. And I am aware of my perspective. So where I could go down the route of, oh my God, it's so sandy and it's hot and sticky. I tend to go down the route of, wow, the gardens here are looking beautiful. And, you know, oh, I can hear the birds. Oh, it's actually a bit cooler this morning. Just be aware of your senses. Writing for me. I'm very much someone who likes to write things. It's cathartic. So I am about lists and planning. So when I'm talking about, you know, the, the meal plans and things like that, I also schedule my time. So when someone's feeling overwhelmed, I think if you can sit down and break it all down, you know, and take your day 30 minutes at a time, mm. Instead of worrying what has to be done by the end of the week or, you know, in the next two days or by the end of that day, break it down and say, okay, in the next 30 minutes, this is what's going to happen. And it just slows you down slightly to help you get a bit of traction. Because when you're overwhelmed and you're doing this, there's no traction. So you need to slow it down so that you can say, okay, right. And I've written this down now. Well, that feels better. Okay, feel a bit better now. I'll have a coffee. Okay, I'll do this and take it step by step. Um, that that's a big thing for me is writing. Because when you're overwhelmed, you're thinking of it all in one big mass, aren't you? Like yeah. this week, I'm just thinking of I'm thinking of a million things at once. I've got so many tabs open, and yeah. it, when you actually write it down, sometimes it's not as much as you thought. You're like, oh. No. Oh, it's not a million yeah. things. It's actually 10 things. Yeah. Okay. Well, do I need to it's do them all a, today? Probably not. Um, no, there's a fantastic tool called um, the Eisenhower Matrix. So the Eisenhower Matrix is designed for, you know, corporate office workers, but you can use it for anything. I've always got one written somewhere. And all it is is a page divided into four. And you have an area where you will write things that are urgent, that really do need addressed right this minute. So if you're a new mum and your baby's screaming for their milk, that should go in that column. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's pretty urgent. The baby needs it. Then you have one where you are talking about what's important. What, what do we need to look at, but not right this minute? Then you have things that, do you really have to do them? Could you ask someone else to do them for you? And then you have an area where you delete things. Mm. So in my delete one, if you see mine now, I always have overthinking, scrolling on social media, you know, so it, again, puts it into your mind. Okay, so let's just focus on the urgent part just now. Let's just look at that, forget the rest. It's written down. I'm not going to forget about it. It's there. But it gives you the opportunity to focus on what really needs addressed right at that minute. Because there's always things that seem to just fall off my to-do list and then they come back on and then they fall off. Why am I just, why am I even bothering to put it on? Just take it off, you know? And if you can something... do it, if you can delegate it, you know, do it. Yeah. Or it's, or it's something that like I would like to do, but do I need to do it today, this week, this year? Yeah. Like just take it off the to-do list. Why is it there, you know? Um, 
and it's yeah it, it's when you actually see it in black and white and that that sort of practice of writing it out you're sort of it's coming out of you and you you're literally like I, I always imagine imagine I'm sort of like tipping the contents out of my brain and it's like yes. oh, okay it's I've a brain more, dump. yeah I've got more space now okay I immediately yes. feel yes. a bit better another um thing that I think is really important when we talk about scheduling time and of course when you are a couple and you have a baby people always talk about time together as a couple um which yes is hugely important my husband and i also have on our schedule times that are allocated just for us on our own so every maybe few weeks kevin will stay home with archie and i take myself off to the mall and I have a bite to eat, and I have a look around the shops. Then I go and catch a movie, heaven. and I do it all on my own. Oh, heaven. And that is my reset, but that is something that we put into our timings, and Kevin has the same. Because you weren't always married. You weren't always with someone all the time. You know, I think it's really important to build on your own mm happiness and the things that make you happy because we all like different things too you know you don't always like the same movies or the same food or so it's really beneficial to go and have that time on your own i love nikki days oh that sounds like heaven i love going to the cinema on my own i love going with my husband but i also love going on my own and i love just having a little mooch around the mall, having a look at the shot. I mean, it's just heaven. It just, yeah. it really does just give you that, yeah, just that breather in that reset. And it's so good that you schedule. I need to schedule it in. What I do is kind of grab it where yeah. I can, but I need to start scheduling it in because. But when things are scheduled in, you can say that's on the schedule. I'm out. I'm going. You make pasta for you guys. I'm out. Yeah. You know? Um, and that's it. And it's not, there's no guilt involved. Oh, you don't want to be with your husband. Oh, you don't want, no, it makes me a better wife, a better mom, because I've reset and I've given myself the things that I need. And that is the difference when we talk about all of these things. They're not wants that aren't being addressed. Mm. They're needs that are not being addressed. A want is when you see a nice car or handbag or whatever it is. But a need is completely different. Yeah. And that is why I've focused the online guide on needs, because those are the parts that are important. They need to be attended to for you to be happy, you know? Yeah. And I think we forget that as soon as we become a mum, you yeah. forget that you need that time. That's not you being selfish. That's not okay. you wanting time away from your baby. That is a need for you to be able to be a better mom, wife, friend, all those things you just mentioned. And we get lost a little bit in the, in the, about the baby. And it's hard to find your way back to that. Yeah. It really and life is so fast now, you know, and everything. And that's sometimes it is. It's pulling it back to the basics. That's why I talk about that because... You know, now we have so much at our fingertips, you know, with social media. And if you live somewhere like Dubai, you know, it's so fast paced and you think you should be doing everything and it's just not viable. So pull it back, have that nice bath that you enjoy, you know, have something to eat that you enjoy, go and listen or read something 
But keep it simple. It doesn't have to be a week in the Maldives. Although if my husband's listening, I would love to go to the Maldives. Yeah, mine too. (laughs) He doesn't listen to this, unfortunately. Um, (laughs) Nikki, we're going to do a little quick fire round now. So your one piece of advice for first time mums, you've already given us so much great advice, but what would be your one piece of advice? would be to not be scared to speak out. Reach out to someone. Um, If you don't feel something's right, then look at it. That would be my advice. Don't ignore it. What are your top three favourite products or services at the moment? And this can be related to your little one. It can be related related to Nikki. Um, What are you loving at the moment? Um, I'm very much, I think I said to you earlier, podcasts just now are pretty new for me and I'm loving listening to funny podcasts. I love that we have access to these workouts. The seven-minute low-impact workout is what I do. There are loads available, but it's a, a tool that I think is massively impactful. Um, what else would I say? products and services podcasts workouts oh how old is your son now how old is archie he's four is there anything that you're like loving for him at the moment or anything that he's into or anything that makes your life easier parenting him um what he is loving just now is that he is making artwork that i am hanging in the bathroom um just now so that's a pretty cool you know easy to do at home it doesn't cost a lot of money to take them anywhere you can just do it at home um so yeah and i'm loving you know he is now in school which has been a big transition but i'm loving that he's coming out and he is teaching us arabic um so you know i guess i'm loving the the process and the stage of the journey that we're at where he is this little sponge you know he's just absorbing so much just now um yeah yeah all of that right (laughs) I can't imagine my baby going to school but it won't be long um what's one thing you wish someone had warned you about before becoming a mum that I should still be doing something to stimulate my own brain that it it doesn't make you a better mom just because you immerse everything into that. Mm. Um, you do need to keep growing yourself if you want to be a good parent. I think that's... If I had known then what I know now, I think I would have been doing a bit of studying or listening to things that really made me think. And you know, But I didn't. I focused on what am I feeding on? changing nappies, you know, the things that you do anyway as a mum. They're not difficult, they're repetitive, but because you're not using your own brain, then it becomes, you know, it gets on top of you. Sorry, that's my dog. <laughs> He's just making a little cameo appearance. Um, yeah, I, c- I, can, I can really relate to that because after about sort of four months, I went, I really want to work, you know, yeah. and it's being my daughter's mother is not enough it's incredible I love it I'm so fortunate but I can't just be this I need something for me and I was quite shocked that I felt that way I thought that I was gonna 
freelance a bit and do what I can and stay at home for as long as possible. And that wasn't the case. So it's important to be true to you and to remember that everyone's parenting journey is different. different. Yeah. Don't try and do the same as your friend or your sister or do what is sitting right for you and your family. You know, your favorite thing about being a mum, Nikki? Oh, there's so many. Um, I, I do just love it. I love, I could stare at him still four years in and he, and he just gets funnier. Um, the fun. We have so much fun every day. You know, we have moments where he's a pain, but we have so much fun. I love being his mum. I love watching him take on new things and understand new things. Um, the love, you can't verbalise that. You, there aren't words to explain that connection when you have this little person. And this is the thing that can throw people into overwhelm because you feel this massive sense of responsibility. But if you can switch that to feeling a massive sense of gratitude, I get to be his mom. That is like winning the lottery to me. I'm so grateful and I'm so proud that this little person is half me and half his dad. <laughs> and finally, what does motherhood mean to you in three words? Motherhood to me, complete love, fun. Nikki, thank you so much. I have loved this chat. I'll put all the information about your online course um, and where people can find you in the show notes. And thank you so much for sharing today. And I'm sure we will be having another chat about another topic because I am such a believer in the power of coaching and love speaking with coaches. Um, So thank you so much, Nikki. Thank you. Massive thank you once again to Nikki for being beautifully authentic and honest. I think I could listen to Nikki's voice all day. It's just so gorgeous. You can find links to Nikki's Instagram page, website, and further information on her online Stepping Into Parenthood coaching course in the show notes below. You can also find links below to the Friday's Child social media accounts, along with information on our monthly Meaningful Mama Mornings, which take place every month here in Dubai. With these Mama Mornings, we are so thrilled to be able to bring you a different expert guest in person each month from infant sleep consultants, weaning experts, parenting coaches, and so much more. So I really hope to see you at one of our events in the near future. And finally, I would be so grateful if you could show some love and please rate, review, and subscribe to Friday's Child, the podcast to help us reach more wonderful mamas. Until next time, thank you for listening.